Hey, this is Clint Byers. Thanks for listening to our podcast. I had an idea to chat with people who are connected with our ministry from all around the world. And I'm calling these conversations with gospel influencers. These are people that have ministries in their countries or regions or even churches. And I thought it would be good for you guys to have an opportunity to hear from them and recognize that the gospel is the same no matter where people are. So sit back, relax, and enjoy these conversations. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So we are here with my friend Rudy Tinoco, <clears throat> otherwise known as Pastor Rudy Tinoco, <laughs> all the way from uh, Forest Grove, Oregon, right? Yeah. Forest Grove, the city. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Small, you, small is a small town. Yeah, small town. Well, you know, like 28, close to 28,000 people, I believe, we're up to now. So that's relatively small. It's a little college town here. Pacific University is right here in our in our backyard. Beautiful little place. And it looks like it sounds. Lots of trees, lots of green. And uh, it's stunning. It's really just looking out my window, there's mountains all along the, the, uh, the top of the houses there. So it's just really beautiful out here. Nice. Most people probably have heard of Portland. Where are you from Portland? Yeah, we're about maybe 20 miles west of Portland, so it's not too not too far from us. So you're closer to the coast. Well, actually, we're closer to Portland. And what's great about where we're living at is, you know, not too far. You can be in the snow on Mount Hood uh, messing about there. You go the other direction about, you know, 50 minutes. You're right there at the Oregon coast. It's stunning. Yeah. And then beautiful. you get city life here in Portland, which is not so beautiful right now. It's a hot mess over there. <laughs> Uh, but we're in out Portland. Here. I know that's like, well, maybe we'll talk a little bit about that, about what's going on in the, in Portland. Um, maybe not too much of the political side, but, you know, kind of from the spiritual ministerial side, but so you pastor old town church, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, we're, uh, it's a, it's, we have a cool story. I won't, I won't belabor it too much, but we were, we were formerly, I was formerly a campus pastor of Sunrise Church in Hillsboro. So I was the the pastor of the Forest Grove campus. I was the campus pastor is what I was referred to. And we began to really grow and grow to the point where we had to find a different building because we just couldn't fit there. And I was looking for all sorts of options, talk to the high school here, Forest Grove High School, which that was an option and a possibility for us. But as we were praying, God came through, man, and a church up the road, it was First Baptist Church, Forest Grove. They came to me and I'm friends with many of the folks there. And they said, we love what you guys are doing you're growing things were not growing there and they said we want to give you the the building for free wow. no strings attached you don't need to take our leaders with you it is none of that just we want to come together with you we'll become one body and move forward and that, that we're old town church now and it, nice. it's just been incredible like who does that and gives their church building <laughs> you know people aren't at church they just they can tend to hold on to stuff so tightly and for them to open handedly give us this facility, man, you got to see it, bro. One day when you come, come. Yeah. Over. I want to yeah. do want to come out there. So well, here's what I need you to do is rub a little bit of that. Somebody gave me a building anointing off on us. We need a building <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we're in the COVID caution zone still a little bit out here. So people are staying away, but so your church, I think you said uh, pre COVID average Sunday was about 600 people on a course of a yeah, we, weekend. It, we, yeah, we keep we keep bumping up against that number. So I would say more on average, we have like 500, 525, and then we'll hit yeah. like 600, and then it goes back to five. So uh, 
Uh, nice. I'm not quite sure what the, the growth barrier is in there, but I've been, I've been growing in that understanding that really at the end of the day, man, we could have a thousand, but if we have a thousand people right. in the place, but they're not on mission and actually actively pursuing Christ and, and serving yeah. their neighbors. And I just really, who wants that? I don't want that. So I'm, right. I've come to appreciate smaller uh, communities who are actively serving their like transforming their communities. Right. So, uh, and we've been doing that in, in many ways here. Awesome. So how, so how have you been doing that? Well, I know you're, you're like very personable, right? You go out and you just hang out and do math. By the way, Rudy is also a magician and a musician. You sing, do you, do you yeah, are you a yeah. painter it's also? Like, kind of like the jack of you like phase, dance and paint and everything too? But yeah, and I'll, maybe I'll have to explain a little bit in, in a little bit about the magic. Cause sometimes if I, people say Rudy's a magician, um, yes, Christians lose their stuff. Do you like, why? I think, I think you froze on me. We'll give him a second here to see if it comes back in. I'll text him. Let's see. Again, this being the first Facebook, is anybody over there? I'll just jump over here and see if anybody's chatting and commenting. There you go. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Okay. I did, I did a disappearing act. See? <laughs> <Ta -da>! <laughs> Voila. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I just was saying, I, I'll explain that later on because, of course, I had to, I get questioned a lot about that, how I can practice magic, which is not, again, I can explain what that really yeah, so is. there's christians there's christians that are that would be upset with you performing magic tricks we're talking like card tricks dude i've had people straight up leave the church because they just they can't bear it even when i've read really I've with them why look i guess we, we, we might not just get into it right here see that because obviously the bible has stuff to say about those who practice sorcery and in the book of acts it talks about specifically those who practice magical arts uh, so they're obviously the oh, like witchcraft or witchcraft of course and it's acts nineteen nineteen, i believe is where it talks about the magical arts which interestingly if you look at the greek word that's translated magical arts like look it up go if you know you get it you can just google it and you'll see it the actual literal translation is oddness i forget what the actual greek word is but how do you get magical arts oddness now sorcery is an interesting thing in the and you already probably know this, but sorcery in the Greek is pharmakeia. Pharmakeia, yeah, where we get pharmacy drugs. Yeah. And guess what? You and I both know what that kind of sorcery does and what right. it conjures into this world, bro. Exactly. So exactly, yeah, absolutely, that is sorcery. And I, I that's why I, I just we were, my my son came and bought some uh, a cream that he bought with like some CBD stuff in it. I don't right. even, I won't even put CBD on me. They might say it doesn't have anything in it. I don't care. Right, been there, done that. Yeah, I don't want to go back. <laughs> yeah, I don't want even CBD cream, bro. So, right. Um, so, but yeah, so that's sorcery. And what I'm doing, and before we leave, I, I can show you a silly little trick. Yeah, we'll see a little trick because, and you post, uh, you post your tricks online sometimes, and it's little yeah. stuff that you do. I watched one that you did with your wife not too long ago. What's her name? Charlene. Charlene. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
it's this silliness. It's it's for the purpose of entertainment. It's 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 funny, and because the same Christians will bust my chops. Well, why are you doing that? It's deceptive. And well, yeah. Well, have, do you watch Transformers, Miss? Well, do you mean the movie Transformers? Yeah, yeah. You know, and you you get ca caught away in yeah. the movie magic. You mm -hmm. you let yourself go, and you're entertained. Your your senses are deceived. You think yeah. that for a moment, even though you know it's not real, that these things could actually exist. Uh, so movie magic, we give ourselves over to that. It's the same thing. It's, it's deception for the for and for the sake of entertainment. Now, are there dumb satanic movies? Yeah, dude. And there and there is some forms of magic that tinker with stuff, man. That I don't even. I've seen books. There's magic, M A G I C, and magic, yeah. M A G I C K. And when I see those books, right, right, right. Stuff, I don't play that. So it's a well. It's, so it's kind of like martial arts, also, you know, or even yoga. So like Tai Chi, yoga, some people would say yoga is all evil. Tai Chi is all evil because you're standing and you're, in, you're inviting the Kundalini spirit just because you stand in a particular stance. And it's like, you're telling me that my God-given body, that if I just stand in a particular direction, I'm like somehow signaling to demons to inhabit my body. Now, if I start praying to Krishna or chanting some Vedic, you know, uh mantra yeah you're going across the line but in, anyway right so so that's um, hopefully we'll get people listen even i know some would hear that and they still they still won't be con convinced because it's still right um, you're deceiving people well, well it's tradition it's what they're raised with and it's what people believe it's like tongues you know it's people believing that tongues is of the devil or something like that you know right yeah. So I don't know, before I threw up, uh, went off on that tangent about magic, you asked me a question before, um, and I don't remember what it was. So sorry. Well, how, how about this question? How did we get connected? Because that's a question that I'm at. So this is the second uh, conversation that I've hosted. The first conversation I hosted was with uh, Paul and Donna Harrison, an awesome couple. In fact, Rudy, you should connect with them online as well. You would like them. <clears throat> They're a just a sweet couple and they basically have a small group in their home in Stoke on Trent, England, mm. but they're paying attention to what we're doing somehow found us online, but it's, it's interesting what's happening right now. A lot of people are, are finding our church and our ministry um, and paying attention to what we're doing and it's beneficial to people. And, and so I kind of felt like, well, let's nurture that a little, a little bit as uncomfortable as that might make me. Um, talking about this, the, the personal aspect of the connection, you know, that I have with people or the influence that this ministry ends up having with people. It's but important. I, I, to boast. I mean, you, you're a humble guy. I know you're not, you're, you're not doing this to, um, to boast about how much of an impact you personally are making. It's the spirit through you is moving and, yeah. and through forward church is, um, influencing a lot of people and i'm one of those who i'm i'm just incredibly grateful that i even have the opportunity to actually so, so, sort of uh, you know shout out from the rooftops here how much you clint have ministered to me personally and, and really shaped a lot of the way that i communicate the gospel at old town church seriously so um let other people toot your your own horn because i know you won't but for those watching and for your forward church family to know that you, you uh, in my estimation are one of the one of the best bible teachers i know that sounds it sounds crazy i mean yeah, i'm telling you, i listen i listen to clint's messages over and 
so over and over again, some of the, some, the same ones sometimes over and over to let it sit in my spirit enough that my wife, when I was on the phone with Clint one time, she knew to go, is that Clint Byers? And so <laughs> just recognize his voice. It's just That's in our funny. house. Really quick. So then about um, how, how I came to know about uh, Clint's ministry and forward church was through a very similar traumatic demonic experience that he and I shared. And to it, it's if you read Devil Walk, any of you read Devil Walk, Clint's story is my story. It's, it's like my testimony. It, I've never met anyone who, like I did when I had this really horrific LSD trip, literally, I thought I was dead. I thought I was dead and now I'm in hell and this is my punishment and my reality around me. I'm just dreaming it. It's a figment, figment of my wild imagination, but, the, you know, I'm going to experience several iterations of this hell as I descend deeper and deeper. Yeah, exact same thing. It's, I can't explain the absolute terror and horror of what I went through. And I forget what happened. I think I'd already found you, Clint. I, I had already been listening to your messages about God's grace and love. And I've, I think I finally went, who is this guy? Uh, this guy's money. <laughs> So but I you just, found you know, the I, book. You, I think you found the book, right? And you read the book, and that kind of wasn't that the introduction. The, the book was afterward. Oh, interesting. The, the, great, the message of grace pulled me in. Wow. And I went like, "Who is this dude?" And I went and looked, and I saw you had a Devil Walk book. And I go, "What Devil Walk? What is this?" And when I read the back of that, or just you know the yeah. description of it, right. I was floored. I thought, "Oh my gosh, dude, there's so much. There's uh, there's something comforting about somebody sharing." that ex same experience right. made me think oh my gosh i'm not crazy i'm not alone in this now it is kind of crazy uh, yeah. but, but uh, i found you because ultimately the grace message and then the, the connection with you um even deeper than that is because we have a shared experience a traumatic yeah. experience that we're not alone either we're not the only two now since then i've met other folks that are similar yeah. and thought they're dead or that this is it's like on the truman show and everything right. is on them i remember when that movie came out it it, it, it kind of triggered me a little bit even though i was a few yeah. years removed from it you know i was watching it and at the end of it you think okay your door is going to open too you know those little yeah. thoughts would creep back up and yeah, if, yeah. You, if you've never been crazy then you don't know what we're talking about yeah. but if you've been crazy you can identify and oh so God. I thought it was the other way. I thought you found the book and then you kind of got into the messages. So that, that's cool. That's uh, and so, you know, th those people that are watching or listening to my sermons and I talk about that people reach out relatively regularly that have had similar experiences. It's really cool to be able to have this relationship with you, Rudy, that's running the same direction or pastoring on opposite coasts and uh, same message, same gospel different people, different mindsets, different culture. Although you said you're kind of in a conservative area where you live, but the, you know, the gospel is the gospel, no matter where you go. So I appreciate you, you know, saying that and giving some props to the church and the ministry and the messages. You know, I hear, when I hear things like that, it's, it, it's, it is, it is humbling, but, but it's also really, um, it's encouraging. And so I would want, I would say the same thing to you because I've watched some of your messages and honestly, I don't like a lot of preaching. You know, I love studying the Bible. I love reading, but I just don't like a lot of preaching. There's a lot of show in it. And there, I, I, 
if I didn't know me and I watched myself, I'd probably think the same thing. I don't know, but I, there's just something about it that when I watch a lot of preachers that there, there's a lot of contradictions in the teaching, but I don't know, but I can watch you and I actually will. And I, I listen to your stuff and I jump online and so I, I don't get to catch you live very often because you're out on the West coast. Yeah. But we're both, afterward, our times bump up against each other. I'll start and I'll be able to yeah. catch the beginning, but then I got to bounce. Yeah. And I think I'm, I have the same sort of feeling against, against that sounds bad, but right. you know, I, look, what you mean. I see a lot of, you know, they change the way they talk. It's like, why are you yelling, dude? Why, you, you know, <laughs> I, understand you, I get passionate sometimes, but you know, they, the way yeah. they talk, it's, it's, I don't know. It's a, it's a pastor or preacher voice that they put on it. Right. So I don't know. Well, but that's what, and that's what I like about your stuff is that, um, you know, you're the same dude. It, we've never met in person, but we've done a, several video chats and phone chats over the years. And what, what, by the way, when was the first time that we connected? Do you remember? It had to be six it's, or seven years ago, I wasn't it's it? Probably been about yeah, close to seven years. Yeah, I mean, gosh, really? Yeah, can you believe that? Time flies, man. Uh, but you know that that's something that I that I aspire to as well. And it, and you know that's one of the biggest compliments that people will give you about your your teaching is that you know you're the same person mm. inside the pulpit or outside the pulpit and i kind of think that's what the world is looking for looking for authenticity you know looking for people who you know i, I was listening and i would never really articulated it this way but i was listening to my who i consider my pastor you know one of my mentors jim richards and i was watching a session from him uh last week maybe and he was saying, you know, he preaches out of what he's worked out in his own life. Mm. And, you know, you're preaching from a place of experience. You're preaching from a place of I'm wrestling with these same kinds of things as well. But I but I have transitioned through this. I've studied my way through this particular. I've, I've had to because of the demonic oppression in my life, you know, and sometimes I wish that people all could have like a, a near death experience because mm. I'm telling you, you know, it changes how you see life. You just, it eliminates a lot of fear and it, it gives you the, the luxury of a, the type of perspective shift where at least in my case, it's easy to think kingdom first, not because I'm super spiritual, but because I was so stupid that I met the devil and had this crazy experience and it changed my entire worldview of everything. And so you just kind of live out of that. But but I, I hear you doing that as well. You know, you're, 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 you're preaching what you're working out in your own life. You're walking through this process. I can't imagine. It must've been pretty difficult that you're with this organization. In fact, I think that we met before you were actually pastoring in that other uh, ministry and you were concerned about stepping into the ministry and, uh, and then you went ahead and transitioned on into it. And then, you know, now you have your own church and, so I, I watched you walk through that. We didn't talk a whole lot during that time period, but um, I'm rambling at this point. But, you know, I, I see you doing that as well in your in your ministry. I feel like what I've been uh, what I've been trying very much to do is um, I've been slaying sacred cows, I think is a, a, a way of putting it. Maybe someone say deconstructionist, but I, I don't that's why I don't refer to um, our building at the, the auditorium is the sanctuary okay yeah. those things now people say well what's the big deal well it's is there any harm in that i i just think people have misconstrued what 
church is. And here we are, yeah, there's about 15 churches within a, you know, a mile radius of ours. And many, some of them are really good churches. Uh, many, some of the pastors are, are my friends, but you know, there's just a lot of that tradition. Uh, when we first, when we first came into that first Baptist building, there was pews, there was a cross hanging, you know, from the ceiling and stained glass. Well, the first thing we did was took out the pews. Not everybody was a fan of that. You think that you're ripping the cross off the wall, they're pews, or we covered up the stained glass with curtains because there's a lot of traditions of men. You start shaking that stuff up. Yeah, dude. And I, and I, I caught some flack for that. So I, I tend to, to, be that way uh, with, with traditions of man and people have misconstrued that the church building as being the thing i mean that is church going to church it's been frustrating even in the midst of this covid that i have people and i know that my church will probably be watching this so it's good that you hear this you know um that they hear this that i um i'm sorry about that um everybody's like when are we gonna open the church when are we gonna open up the church well we're, we're going to follow the governor's orders at this point for, for we're not going to because you guys are still closed. You haven't been able to meet yet. No, it's all been through live stream. But here's what I did is uh, for the I said, I said, I'm going to open up the doors of the church on Friday. I determined this. I just felt led to for 10 days and I'll probably extend it. But for 10 days from seven to eight, I'm going to be there at the church praying. And I opened up the invitation to our church family to come and join me. How many folks do you think show up for that, bro? You already know. It's like, now there's a remnant. We had like, I think 16, uh, it was cake. But we're a church again, hundreds. When are you going to open yeah. up? It is open. But when it comes to like praying, well, we don't want to do that. We, what we mean is church on Sunday for the thing. It just drives me nuts. <laughs> so I just yeah. have, I'm really about saying, stop with the building, man. Stop with the, right. I value it. Otherwise I wouldn't do the Sunday morning thing. But be the church. There's certain people, you know, suffering, hurting all around you, and their needs could easily be met by the five, six hundred people at Old Town if they just were activated and on mission. Uh, right. We could transform this community. But you know, I'm preaching to the choir, so it's been a frustration of my year, and uh, that I'm trying to constantly communicate to the church families that man. Don't make, it's not about that building over there. It's be the church. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, because people would know your heart because your theology is no condemnation for those who are in Christ, but your application is get to work, get out there. You know, mm -hmm. I, I've said this before and it kind of upset because people and also people too don't, you know, and I'm saying this as a pastor, sometimes people look at pastors and think, well, you know, overlook what you are doing and a lot of the behind the, the scenes stuff that you get to do. And sometimes I've stood up and I've said, look, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I, I'm studying all week long. I'm preparing messages. I'm coming in. I'm, I'm preaching. And, I, and again, it's not a complaining thing. So those that are listening, I love you guys. <laughs> We're not <laughs> complaining. This is two pastors, not griping. <laughs> I, these are, this is not two pastors that would say, I love the ministry except for the people. And I've heard, I've heard ministers say that neither, neither one of oh, us would say no, that because no. mm -hmm. it's certainly people first, but it's, it's, I think it's the, I think it's the kind of the fabric of the calling 
there's just kind of a fire within you to promote people to, mm-hmm. to for jealousy unto good works, you know, to push people a little bit. Um, but <laughs> I'm thinking I'm doing what I'm doing. If you would do what you're called to do, man, we would be a thriving, powerful body of Christ. And that doesn't mean catch my vision. You know, that's one of our core values is I don't want people to catch my vision. I want people to catch their own vision. And then I want them to articulate to me what that vision is. And if their vision fits within something that we're already doing as an organized church, then let's do that together. But if it's something that we as an organization can support you and what you're doing externally, then how can we get behind that? You know, but, but a lot of people, a lot of people are, they're sitting on their gifts, you know, they're, they're not stepping out and now's the time, especially now's the time. Yeah. And people think, when you're preaching, preaching the grace and I'm doing, I'm trying my best man to ensure that I'm not commingling with the law. Sometimes that's, right. it's hard. Uh Oh, are making a legalistic thing, but when you're, I, lo- I lost you for a the second church, there. Re- repeat that. Can you, Can you hear me now? Yep. Yep. Good now. Okay. So it's, I guess the, the point that, that I was going to make is that it seems to me people, um, who, if you're preaching grace, unadulterated, trying to make sure you're not commingling with the law, uh, you preach grace, you're going to get people say, you don't talk about repentance enough. You know, too much grace, grace. Then if you preach a lot of grace, uh, then when you start telling people that you actually got to do something and get off your butt and get to the business, <laughs> and they go, well, I thought you said it's about grace. But we're like, free from the law. It's like, yeah, it's like, oh, forget. I just like, <laughs> clear your hands up. So it's, you know, I, I just, of course, that, um, the grace of God, you know, Titus 2, 11, 12, great, the grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Right. So right, right. Yeah, yeah, grace, grace, absolutely. And grace is going to radically transform you when you capture how deeply God loves you. It, it'll transform you. So, that, I mean, that's, that's we, we're set free from, think of the stuff that we did, bro. Like heavy drugs. I was a meth. I used to smoke meth off a tinfoil i didn't even have the decency to get a pipe yeah. you know, it was just <laughs> awful I, see what you had to do is roll the tinfoil up into a pipe and you cinch it at the end so the meth doesn't go through the crack just no, the smoke no. does yeah, only an old head would know that you know <laughs> we've been delivered from uh, crazy and you know and have zero desire for that stuff i'm around people sometimes they're smoking weed and i'm like yeah forget about i just it. have no desire for that anymore you know no and think of you know how good God is. I, that in your case, I I believe if our story was similar in this, but man, I was I didn't really want nothing to do with God when the the yeah. things that I was doing that led me to into that trip. I was listening to King Diamond, this known Satanist, his music mm-hmm. where there demonic whispers in there. It's I, mean, I was while I was doing LSD, I didn't want right. nothing to do with God, and it was almost even against my will. He reached down there when I was in the pit and pulled me out. That's why I know it's true that that right. God, it's not a people make it like go get your thing right and then you know and then so, come in yeah. and then like yeah right man in in your homosexuality in your addiction in your drunkenness and whatever in your adultery God His grace meets you there and is able to right. pull you up out. It's amazing, man. God is so church is a hospital. You know, you would never see a doctor walking around a hospital mad at the patients because they're sick. You know, that's, that's good. That's how that's how ministry is. It's like, you, you know, now you're not necessarily going to put a crackhead in charge of your nursery, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> there are boundaries. Yeah, that's true. Um, so in Portland, right, 
Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe we'll kind of talk about the state of the nation. And, you know, I, so we, I have some international friends <clears throat> and I speak to them and they're, you know, people are always kind, but you can tell there's kind of this mindset of, you know, you guys just have been comfortable for so long over there that this unrest is, you know, it's our everyday life in some situations, you know, but so you're not far from Portland. Um, I mean, what's it like being out there? You know, we had a little bit of that unrest going on here. There was a Wendy's burned in um, Atlanta because there was someone shot there and there was kind of a, not quite a chop, but you guys had full, that's where chop was in in Portland, wasn't it? They're trying to, they've they've been trying to start one, but I don't know how. Where was that? Was that That in Seattle? That was was in Seattle. That's right. That's about two hours north from us. Okay. There are, man, there's 2,000 protesters right now out there. They've been out there 58 days, I believe. Wow. Just, just fighting the feds because there's a federal building. So they got feds over there and they're trying, I mean, they're firebombing the place. It's a federal building and people are all wondering, well, these federal agents are pulling up, grabbing people, putting them in unmarked cars and then, you know, out whatever they're doing there. Yeah. Uh, the federal building that's being attacked. And there are some peaceful protesters. Of okay. course there are. But, um, there's, it's like those Antifa and those destructive the, the, Sor- the Soros funded professional Marxist yeah. branch of what's trying to happen out there. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. People will think we're crazy for believing what you just said, but I think right, it's right. true. Um, yeah, I mean, protesters don't have that kind of longevity. You know, there, there's something fueling that fire. And, and it's, you know, ultimately, if you trace it all the way back, it's the enemy that wants to... Um, destroy humanity but you know I, so without getting into the political side and picking sides and all that and <clears throat> um what, what so in portland you're watching things does it affect your area are you seeing any type of racial division ripple effects is there is it putting a strain on your congregation is it putting a strain on you i mean what what's been the effect of the unrest out there i think for we're fortunate to a certain degree, because as much as Portland is just going crazy right now, we're somewhat removed from it. I'm we're in an area where like there's Gales Creek up one way, there's uh you know Gaston and Banks, and there's these places where most of the people around here wear camo, and even the women okay. wearing you know stuff. So uh, <laughs> we have a lot of hunters like where we live. Yeah, bro. I mean, you it's nothing to see a, a, a truck run by with an American flag and a, a Trump 2020 flag on the okay. other side. And Antifa would not come around here because they would get they get <laughs> they get clocked. <laughs> they right. they won't come over right. here. So we're somewhat removed from it, but there's no doubt that there's still so there's there's some division. Uh, I had yeah. just recently posted something about the mask, mask wearing. And you know, I was one of those to be quite honest. And I'll just be honest, because the masks, in my opinion, that I've studied a lot about, uh, don't do anything. They don't do anything. I'm telling you, and especially the way that people are wearing them. They are, they're actually, it's sad, (laughs) a false sense of security. You wear the mask. If your your health is compromised, don't go out with the mask. It's not going to do anything for you. Uh, if you want an article, I can post it in the in the, the comment section. Okay. Anyway, I think uh, most people realize that you know it's like protect those that are vulnerable, protect the weak. If you are like when my mom was sick and fat, fighting cancer, if mm-hmm. she had been alive during this, 
I would personally have been a lot more protective over myself and because I was with her so much, you know, but sure. you know, if you're in that kind of a situation then, and, but yeah, I mean, like you're saying, studies are showing they're not that effective. It's not like it's actually, if you can still smell, well, I'm not going to go there, but <laughs> yeah, it's just, so, you know, with it, but it came a very divisive thing. And so let me, I'll just rewind a bit. Is that, so I was one of these folks who were saying, what they're trying to do is strip away your liberty, get you to, yeah. to take a little bit. And before you know it, then it's, hey, uh, you got to get the vaccine that they just created in months. That doesn't happen. I'm not taking a vaccine, bro, until. Yeah, like, I'm not either. We're anti-vax for sure. Yeah, man. Like, so I'm not doing that. But if you will wear the mask, think how easily people say, okay, I'll wear the mask. I will wear the mask wherever you tell mm -hmm. me. Give me vaccine. And, you know, right. I'm. Yep. But so it became a very divisive issue. But then at the end of the day, I ended up now I wear the mask because why uh, the, the, the Apostle Paul and the words that he he said to yeah. the, uh, the church with regard to me well, well, that for sure. But, but I would the, the with the folks who who re recognize that meat sacrificed idols, who cares? I can eat this yeah. stuff. It's nothing. But the others saying, I think it's something. And then Paul goes to those who were supposed to be mature says guys you know don't do anything just don't eat the meat around them okay that and i felt like he was telling that to me as i sat innocently at the kitchen table and he yeah. brought that verse to my mind i thought what why why do i always have to be the grown-up <laughs> so i now i, I wear wore the mask but more than but you know what that's a that's a great point though you know i, I want to talk a little bit more about that about the responsibility of influence but where, where were you going now more than the mask well, you were saying. well i guess it's more than that is you know people they're looking at us as influencers for answers to questions right yeah what, should i wear the mask or not well at first i would have said you know i don't know at the end of the day i said you know what for the love and care and concern for your neighbor mm -hmm. they think it makes them feel safe just wear the right. mask. You know it doesn't yeah. do a thing, but just do. Okay. Well, then, but then, so that's one matter. But then, as they look to us, okay. Well, what about Black Lives Matter? And they're mm -hmm. frust frustrated that Rudy has not said on Facebook or from the front saying, "Hey guys, just so you know, Black Lives Matter." And I listen. Do they? Man, absolutely. Look, I'm I'm brown. I'm Mexican. I, I trust me, man. I've been called a wetback and every other thing. I know what. Yeah. It, no, not to the degree that. Uh, many black folks have experienced absolutely not and i do recognize that there are there's still racism man people of course there is there's racist cops racist judges and all that um but when i'm asked about you know the black lives matter movement it, it's that that entity man yeah craziness in that thing yeah you're right. talking about the you talking about the organization apart the from organization. the actual racial yeah. issue yes. yeah yes. the issue is yeah, that's of course, black I posted lady. about that. I haven't actually posted a lot about it either, um, but I did post about the organization Black Lives Matter because if you go to their website, it's a it's basically a couple of lesbians that started an organization to kind of piggyback gay rights issues onto racial issues, mm -hmm. and they're just different things. I have friends that are all for you know gay rights and all that kind of stuff, but they will even make the distinction between that. There's a distinction between sexual behavior and your ethnicity, you know, mm -hmm. and that that's so the, to me, the most concerning thing, uh, Black Lives Matter, the organization is right there on their website. They want to break down the nuclear family, mm -hmm. which is what you know, which is there's a lot to be said of the welfare system and all of that. I don't I don't want to go into a whole lot of that, but 
but that that's that's an affront to the model that God gave us to be in family. And we see no matter what color, no matter what region, no matter what country, no matter what ethnicity, if there's not a father in the home, there's going to be more crime in those. And if you have the more father fatherlessness that there is all across the board of all humanity, you see the types of issues that we're seeing in these movements right now. And you know, it's a problem. We need leaders within each culture to rise up and point us back to Jesus. And, you know, I, I can't say, well, the past is the past, get over it, because I don't know what it's like. I don't know what it's like for you to be a minority in this country. I'm a white dude in the South, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Stuff that you've been through. Um, but, you know, so I have just kind of settled in on the spiritual element, pointing people to unity in Christ, talking about compassion and love. And I mean, it's kind of generic and, and it's kind of a no brainer, but, but then again, it's also needed because I get messages from people who are saying, you know, you, you guys are like some of the calmest people that I know right now on the internet and I'm in another country, but I appreciate what you're doing. You're just helping me have a level of sanity, you know? That's really good. <laughs> I try to focus on the main thing. And I right. think it was you who actually encouraged me in this you know i've been feeling the pull oh yeah to be to have to comment on all these things here. right yeah that was Why a couple of weeks ago yeah and that really spoke to me man it really and appreciate you you did you you really set me free from that mindset I go, yeah why am i allowing people to put me in that role of political commentator well first of all i'm not i am not even qualified to do that I, really right in, with learning about black lives matter and what marxism i heard that but what is that? So I only barely in the last uh, month discovered what that is. So I'm not right. I'm, I'm not informed enough to be a political commentator. Sure, I have my opinions and stuff, but the, that's why I finally just I said, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to continue to preach Christ crucified and this right. incredible grace of God and um, and com communicate to people the need to actively love your neighbor and mm -hmm. and. You know, if if we were doing that, if people were actually living out what the gospel says or follow, just being like Jesus, racism would come to an end. We wouldn't have right. those issues anymore. There wouldn't be injustice and murder and all that. So the change really needs to come from the, the heart out. I mean, we can, mm -hmm. fine, you go ahead and defund police. All, all those things, they think that that's going to do away with whatever systemic uh, racism there might be. No, it's just going to keep, racism's going to still exist. The people need... Right. A, a heart transformed by Christ. So that's what I'm doing. just focusing on that, the grace of God, and let's be serving actively the, right. the church and our community. Man. Our love for yeah. one another should compel the, the world that uh, we follow Jesus and should compel them to desire him also. You know, right. I'm writing the book on it literally right now. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. That's excellent. I'll be first in line for that book. Yeah. yeah. So um, I've just... Uh, it's hard because like you, you have, man, you have people from, from around the world now who, who are following you. That's awesome. And it's a, such a tremendous responsibility that we have. And um, so that's why I think it's really important for me to not let people push me to make a particular political statement right. that's going to only either confirm their bias or sway folks one way or the other. And, and, and I get, Maybe I'm maybe well, I'm, you, here, here's here's what here's what's here's what here's the problem in that. And the people that are willing to do that is it's the same thing that the Israelites did to Moses. God delivered the Israelites out of Egypt. 
God said, okay, Moses, go get everybody and bring them to me. And I'm going to come down and meet with them. And the Israelites said, we don't want to do that. We saw what he did to the Egyptians. You go talk to him. And so Moses acquiesced, you know, I, I, I wonder, you know, I'm not a Calvinist. I think things could have changed. You know, I think things, people could have made different decisions all along the way. I think Pharaoh could have said, what am I doing? I think I'd rather worship this Lord, this God, you know, mm -hmm. um, but because he didn't, then God turned him over to his own reprobate heart, you know, reprobate mind. But so the Israelites are talking, God tells Moses, go tell them that I want to meet with them and speak with them. They go, Moses comes down, tells them that they said, no, you go talk to him for us. And that's what people are doing. They're trying to put you in the position to go talk to God for them, put you in the position to be their Pope, put you in the position to be their prophet that hears God for them, which is why, you know, I think it's important for us to teach people how to hear God for themselves. And, you know, we're trying the best we can to hear from God for ourselves and for our vision and what we're trying to do and our lives and our our place in this country, which is like the bottom of the line. But yeah, you know, I would encourage all pastors, don't let, don't, don't feel like you have to do that. Mm -hmm. And don't feel like that you, you're going to, you know, because I have people asking me, well, I, I need to know how to think about this. And I'm like, well, pray. Mm. You have the same Holy Spirit that I do. I will teach you who you are in Christ. And then you go talk to God because I'm not coming down off the mountain with a list of 10 commandments for you to do. You know, God. what you, what God tells you to do might be different than what he tells me to do. Um, Excellent, man. That's why I love the way you, you, you preach, man. You just, you <laughs> know how to communicate truth well. So then what do we do when, when November rolls around and, you know, Trump's in or Trump's out or Biden's in, or I mean, maybe Kanye, I don't know. Um, at what point do Christians stand, take a stand politically? I mean, do, is there a responsibility? Fine. Don't come to me necessarily for what you should or shouldn't do with regard to BLM or what I, I but do, what is our responsibility in all of that because people they are going to ask and because we do have inf influence and people look to us for answers I mean what at what point do we or do we not how do we involve ourselves in in politics without getting wrapped up in is that somebody at a certain point yes I believe preaching the gospel to it is good at what point though do we take action so you know at this you know how do we rise up or should we against this Marxist agenda that seeks to really destroy yeah. the nation as we know it and remove our freedoms? That's really, I think we're close to that. I, I, well, you know, and you're, you to see, this is, this is interesting. This is what's interesting about this conversation because we have a governor in Georgia that even, <clears throat> excuse me, even when there were lockdowns, he kind of out, out of one side of his mouth said, but churches can still meet, you know, he never really actually said that, but there was never any real kind of clamp down on churches. He asked churches to close, but there was never any kind of mandate. And most churches closed. I think there were some rural churches that stayed open. We closed for a month or so. I don't, I don't even remember now. I'd have to go back and look and see, but you know, we were the first state to be able to open back up and we're, we've been meeting for a couple of months now. We had a case of COVID pop up in the church and just out of, an abundance of caution. We um, did close down for a week, which gave us a two week cycle. But I can understand why you're in that, you know, you're asking those questions because where you are, your state is on lockdowns. You can't meet. I mean, so like your state is not allowing churches to meet. Is that correct? 
You can, but there's limits. Of course, like there's for limits. us, it's where so we can have 25 people in our auditorium. Right. Hang on, 25. Which is probably your kids' church team. Yeah, right. Seriously, it's not very. So um, at once phase two, whenever that happens, we can have 78 people based on square footage. So there's not a lot. Oh, it's based on square footage thing. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. some people are defying that. There's churches yeah. uh, that are saying, we, you're not going to. In, in, uh, you're not going to take away my religious freedom, so we're going to meet anyway. So folks are doing it. I, I don't personally know any folks that are doing that around here, but it's happening. Well, and so, you know, you, it's a good question, and you ask the question, at what point do we fight, stand up, whatever? And it's like, I think that's why unity in the body is so important, because people like you and I can talk, and I can watch what you're going through, and you can watch what I'm going through, and we can communicate and share and learn from each other and develop strategies. You know, I don't think any one person has the answer <clears throat> and, and it's certainly not going to come from the government. I mean, they're that really, if, you know, I'm a limited government guy, I'm like, let's make them as absolutely as small as possible. Let's get them out of everything, including marriage and everything, get them out of our lives as much as possible and only protecting those God given liberties. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so, so I, I, I can't say that I would know when's the time I, I would guess if they say, so like I read an article this morning in China, uh, Xi Jinping has sent out his um, military force into rural areas where there's Christians. And, and I'm reading stories about where the Chinese government is forcing Christians to take down their, you know, their religious imagery, their crosses, their pictures of Jesus, and put up images of Mao Zedong, who killed millions of them, and then also the new, uh, you know, whatever his title is, and and one of the guys that was going through enacting this in China in this home said, these are your gods, worship these gods. So, you know, if that were to start happening, Um, you know, so like, but we don't want to be the frog in the water that doesn't know it's getting hotter. And we're just a little bit at a time, giving up, giving up, giving up, you know, giving up a little bit of room. I don't, you know, you may feel it a little bit further because of where you are. I don't feel the pinch yet that it's an, it's a direct assault on Christianity. Maybe somebody like a Gavin Newsom might hold that, hold that opinion and think that it's a good idea for you know christianity to go away like a bill gates i've heard him say specifically that somebody asked him about the bible and he said well you'd be re- better off reading a book about history or something like that you know so i mean there are people that believe that way and if and if those people do start passing legislation specifically against us of course it's time to you know rise up in whatever that might look like but but i, I don't know you know i just i just i wonder are we that far Mm. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point because at this point, the fact that we can't gather that—that's that is a drag. And um, I I do miss people. I I'm communicating yeah. to an empty space. It's right. you know as we can. So yeah, I I miss gathering with our peeps. Um, but I'm not ready yet to defy the orders because I like you're saying I don't know I don't. Yeah. It's not everybody across the board. I just watched a baseball game the other day. I don't even like baseball. It was just on the thing. How awkward, man. This thing's empty. Uh, it's it's yeah. So it's all around. Everybody's suffering this 
this uh, lack of this freedom to gather. So it's not just like only Christians can't. So that's where I think I agree with you that's right. right now. But if they start, and if they start to do what you're saying they're doing in China, which the early church experienced that, that's when they kicked back and said, no, we're, you know, we're not going to bow down to your gods. We're right. not going to do that. So uh, they would push back. But I don't think they were out there trying to change laws necessarily. Um, mm -hmm. But when it counts, yeah, then I think we'll have to rise up. So I don't think right now the building not being able to be open. Yeah, because like you said, it's restaurants, it's movie theaters, it's bars, it's... Gosh, I, I, so I have a couple of news apps I was flipping through. People are adapting. There are even drive-through strip clubs now. I'm thinking if you're that desperate that you're going to go drive through, I, I don't even know. Um, but, but, it, but it made me think, you know, the club, the nightclub scene, which, we, you know, we know that there's a lot of disgusting behavior that goes on. But there, some of those, that's their, my dad owned a bar in Atlanta. And, you know, it was a restaurant bar and there were obviously people that would come there that would, um, you know, abuse alcohol. But a lot of those people, it's kind of like a cheers thing. They'd come, they didn't have families. They'd come sit around the bar and hang out and eat some wings. And, you know, the regular people, I, I learned to DJ and they're like 11 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. <clears throat> and so I'm not advocating nightclubbing, bar hopping, but you know, so even those are shut down right now, too. Um, That's true. Boy, we're all over the place here on this conversation. But we are. Go ahead. Go ahead. This is another route trail, but, but ministry happens in places like that. It's that's why absolutely people. people uh, well, and you put so you play in places like that because you're you're a magician. You're yeah. a musician. You mm -hmm. you even you know here's the here's how I know you're the coolest pastor on the planet. You have a beer named after you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tell me, about, heard, tell me about that. Like, I had a few of them. So uh, the, uh, <laughs> friends, they own Waltz Brewing up the road, and there's a a hop that's called Rudy. It's R U D I. So oh. they so they called the beer. They said, "Well, we're gonna call it um, Pastor Rudy's IPA." So I'm like, that's "What?" Awesome. So that was really cool. So uh, they they called it Pastor Rudy's <laughs> IPA. Well, then I have a friend who is a member of our church, and he's he's Jonathan Kaiser. He has Kaiser Brewing. Well, him and I are boys. Okay. He goes, well, I'm not going to be outdone by them. So he has the the Tinoco Loco lager. It's like a Mexican lager. Tinoco Loco. So it's a, so there's that one. And then um, I had gotten enough uh, food and stuff from meetings at one particular place in town, uh, Ridgewalker Brewing, where if you get a certain amount of points, you can have a beer named after you. So they... Uh, they call it a Pastor Rudy's Freedom IPA. So three brews. It's um, That's crazy. Which hasn't come with without some controversy. Now, listen, absolutely. Well, yeah, I was going to say, you're probably going to hell over that, you know. But. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, because uh, people think that, and, and right, rightfully so, they, I have to be cautious of right, being in the of course. And, you know, to be drunk with wine, absolutely. We got <clears throat> okay, it says be filled with the spirit and don't be, it just, you have freedom, but in that, don't use right. it as a license to- Yeah, don't shove it in people's face, right. So I've been, I'm mindful of that. But of course, uh, it's also allowed me to have a lot of influence in this community. It's a, of it's a small community, but, so I've had just in, in a week and a half, three times where somebody came up to me, one, at the winery I was performing at, um, one of the, the tasting room ladies came after the event was over and she said, can you and Charlene come over here? And she was crying. She was, can you guys pray for me? Okay, well, how does she know that I'm one that, that she can come right. to? Because we try to be Christ there in those places. Yep. I was at um, a, a, another- So this, this was, a, this was a, a gig that you had 
playing some music because you you do that you play you play like around here a lot of not anything by this but in there's a lot of mexican restaurants where you will have people that they have different little bands set up in the corner playing some music you know sure so that type I, of thing yeah i do acoustic covers of pop hits from the 70s 80s right. 90s, and today so i don't do the kenny loggins one minute <laughs> and then prince another you know so uh but you know, it just there's opportunities if, we're, if we have our eyes open to be in those spaces where some church folk go, well, "What do you be doing at the pub?" Or why are you right. always at David Hill Winery? Well, I'm a member there. I play music there. But also, people, a woman came up to me. This was bizarre. This um, a friend. She's one of the tasting room ladies. She came. I went to go do some work there, and she came. She goes, "I'm so glad you're here because I had a crazy dream, and I don't know what it means." She goes, "And first, she hasn't been to church since she's 22 years old. Yeah. She's now well into her 40s." And she said, in my dream, there was a figure. I couldn't see face, but it said something about Deuteronomy. And she goes, I don't even know what that was. She had to look in her Bible to see what is that. Google wow. it Wikipedia anyway. Well, when I when I got there, interestingly, I, I'm going to be talking about uh, this weekend. I'm going to be talking about the um, the Good Samaritan. You know, and there's an oh. expert in the law. And when she <clears> says, okay, so what does the law say, right? And he says. Yeah that but love God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength, okay, love your neighbor yourself. Uh, and Jesus, yeah, that's that's the thing. Well, that is in Deuteronomy. I think it's chapter five, eight or something like that. But see, so I was able to take this woman at a winery. She comes to me with the dream she has. And now I said, I'm not trying to interpret your dream, but I think it's interesting that I'm studying this. Could it be that God is saying, pursue him with all your heart, soul, mind, strength? And, you know, and get back to what you were doing 20 years back when you were 22. And mm. I don't know wow. what that dream means, but see, right. God was be able to be there. And yeah. a lot of Christians would, they, they, you know, in fact, they do uh, think that I'm carnal for going to places like that. All right. Well, listen, sometimes can I be carnal? Yeah. Every once in a while, do I find myself in a place of compromise where I'm like, okay, you know what, Rudy, actually you had one more. And you knew you were you're probably going past what your limits should be. I've done that, of course, man. Right. I'm human, and I and I'm the first to again, man. The condemnation, like, see, you just you, you're a pastor, and you know, yeah. blah blah blah. Or they're right about you. See how you be using your freedom as a life. I you know, and I have to fight that. Go wait, no, in the name of Jesus, man. I'm I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. No, I'm not. But it, it's good. It's a it. What it reminds me of is when I'm there. I sure as heck better be mindful. I, I better retain right. sobriety and so I can have clarity of mind. So right. me. I can give a word and I could speak into their life. Not like well, you know, slurring my words, giving them some uh, <laughs> biblical truth. Dancing on the tabletops, swinging your shirt around. Speaking <laughs> yeah. of shirts, by the way, what does your shirt say? I saw. I asked you earlier well, before yeah, we yeah. went live. Well, this, I it wore, looks like ultra religious until you see this the, part. I, I never, never said, said that. that. Jesus, <laughs> where'd you get that? Is that just online? Is that an online purchase? Uh, yeah, I ordered it online because sometimes when I'm doing a certain message, I'll wear a, a t shirt that kind of reflects that oh, okay. know, through whatever it may be. Like one time I was okay. using I was using Tupac's shooting, uh, as, as, a, as a thing to speak about how look like Tupac got shot and there were. It was in Vegas, man. You, if you've been to Vegas, the strip is packed, but nobody saw anything. There, you know, yeah. and people got hurt. People died in, in, with in relation to Tupac getting shot. Why? Because people 
kept their mouth shut. They didn't want to say nothing. And so I was using that as a thing to talk about, you guys are witnesses to a truth. You not saying stuff, you doing like this, people get hurt, mm. people die. So I had a, a Tupac shirt on that. So yeah. I, I just used that as <laughs> straight truth. Probably and, a conversation starter too. He didn't He didn't say what? Well, let me just tell you, here's the yeah. opportunity to preach the gospel. I, I, I like it. <laughs> So I don't think I ever have asked you, you mentioned it before. So where, where did you grow up? You say you're Mexican. Where, where did you grow up? I grew up in San Jose, California, born and okay. raised uh, there, spent most of my life there. I've only moved, been up here in Oregon for 20 years now. So okay. most of my life was spent in San Jose. I'm only right now actually in the process of learning Spanish because while my mom and my grandma, all them, they're fluent and I understand it very well. I never learned it because we weren't really. Okay. Back then, back when we were kids, they're like, you speak English, where you're in America, and so that's what we spoke. And so now I'm in the process okay. of learning. We do have a lot of Mexican folks here in our community that I could be ministering to. Right. Most of them are Catholic and love our Catholic brothers and sisters, but uh, they don't grasp the, right. the gospel message, really. So if I can convey that to them, I'm about, mm-hmm. I'm about that. So I'm, I'm about 80% fluent now, so I'm working. Oh, on really? That. Nice. So, um, so did you grow up Catholic? I grew up Buddhist. Really? Mexican Buddhist. Isn't that crazy? Mexican one? Buddhist. That sounds like another beer title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, we, my, mom, uh, my mom and my dad, I mean, well, I was baptized Catholic, but that didn't last long. My, my dad um, and my mom had a friend. My dad was also a musician, so they met a lot of people. And uh, they met a woman named Luana, I believe her name was. And they introduced her to Buddhism. And we went, I mean, I was, what they, their youth group was called Junior Pioneers. So I would be Junior Pioneers chanting. I still remember the chant. I could hear it. Over there was a boot. There's a, there's a Buddhist youth group. Yeah, essentially it's huge because we would go to a, a uh, like a temple of sorts. And yeah. it was multi-ethnic, black, white, Mexican, uh, Asian would be there all kneeling and chanting to what's called a butsudan. It's a box with the scroll in the thing. And um, we would pray and I would be there praying with my family. So I, we were that, I was, we were Buddhist until my mom married my stepdad who was a Christian. Um, he first came into Buddhism and then said, no, nah, in the name of Jesus, this is, no, we're not doing this. And uh, he started to take us to church. I was reluctant because he was my stepdad. And I was like, you're not my right. daddy. I'm actually, I want right. to teach. And right. I, God had other plans. My uncle led me to Jesus at 12 and that, that planted that seed that began to so, I'm, so I have, man, I'm just, I just opened up a whole nother thing. Um, maybe a few more minutes on that, if you don't mind, but the, so, so it's like, cause you hear, you know, you hear about Buddhism and I, I even read a lot and studied a lot and it was almost personal application and practice, you know, more so than the organ, but you're, you're talking about straight up legit organized Buddhism, totally going true. to a temple. So were, were there people that would teach? And what did they teach from and what were the, what was the goal? So what's the, what was the goal of that type of organization? There really wasn't a lot of teaching, uh, okay. unless, you know, but you know, I was a kid. So me, the, my memory was hundreds of people chanting. Uh, mm-hmm. You could do, do that too. At a certain point, I can remember. In English? In your, uh, the chanting is all in, I think it's Sanskrit. It's a, uh, it's. So you uh, learn mantras. Yeah, and it's in a little book, and you after a while you just memorize it because it's so repetitive, and you say the same things. And um, we would go then into another space. So maybe when we went in there, 
they would teach, but I don't quite remember there being a lot of the teaching aspect. So I'm not quite now, sure. Was that, was that viewed as an act of work? I mean, like you said, you were a kid. Was that an act of worship of an entity? It was an act of worship slash prayer, I believe, all wrapped up into one thing. Um, I don't even know what the scroll actually said, nor do I even know what those words meant that we're praying. I, you know, I, I would hesitate to even Google what it is. Who knows what you're praying? Yeah. But there was just this belief that as you are chanting repetitively, you pray and those things, the universe will respond. It was all the, everything about karma and all of that. Okay. Wound up in there. Wow. I'll have to ask my mom. That's a really good question. But what I, I never experienced any peace in my heart about it. In fact, I would say it's mm -hmm. quite haunting to hear all those voices together in unison, mm -hmm. chanting stuff that you can't quite get your mind, mind around. I mean, no wonder, man, I've been haunted by all my life, Clint. I mean, the, it, what's interesting about my journey and which is very much like yours was that what you and I saw the, the, those terrifying things have been with me since I was a little boy. I can remember being little, I must've been six and I was standing out in the playground and I don't remember what some kid said to me. He said something to me that was profoundly terrifying it left me stuck i was i couldn't i was so terrified i was just standing out there they had to come and get me but he wow. said something about i can't even remember but it was something pertaining to the things that we saw something about reality something about something it's been like that all the time i can remember um moments where like when i was um Again, even when I wasn't high, things would break into my reality. Uh, like uh, I think I told you one time when I was with my, sitting with my daughter, she was only five at the time. Um, and then my two friends were with me. And I could see something in their face, bro. You know, when you think about the people that you were looking at back then when you were tripping, yeah, yeah. you're looking like something, you're, you're, you're something in their eyes or something in their, right. their intent toward me was, I couldn't quite make out. And then in that moment, again, I'm not high or anything. In that moment, that terror, it just like falls mm -hmm. on me. Yeah. And I say to my daughter, who's only five, I say, Christina, what's going on? She goes, I don't know, their faces are changing. Now that's- So she a, saw it too. Yeah, wow. but what's weird though, Clint, is that like she said- You perceived it as she was in on it, I think at the time, right? Well, for sure. Well, and but it was weird. She was yeah. like an observer because she didn't, it's weird the phrasing of it because I saw her, I was looking at their eyes and it was shifty to me. Like you're, are you for me or against me? Are you Judas or Jesus? It was like a weird thing. My daughter said their faces are changing, but their faces weren't wow. changing. Their intent was. So now what do mm. I do with that? What, what right. do you do with that? I mean, that defies reality. And it's those moments like that, that I've had over and over in my life, people saying weird stuff that's unreal. Now, am I insane? Is it that my daughter didn't really, I know what I know. In fact, I asked my friend Mike, why does she say that your faces are changing? He goes, well, I, <laughs> I don't know. Why? It was like he was hiding something from me. Yeah, and it's that suspicion that the enemy used to continue to keep me in fear. In fact, the reason, like you, I th as I thought I was dead for a number yeah. of months, I had to really reverse that truth on the devil by using Galatians 2.20. So, yeah, you know what? I yeah. did that day. You're right. I am. I was, right. 
Yeah, and you know, and I am to reckon myself dead, Romans 6, 11. Right. So yeah, I was dead, but not the way that you're telling me, devil. So right. I had to really redo my thinking. It's a battle. It's true. It's true mental, spiritual warfare, which all takes place in your mind. It's, it's horrible that the devil, um, he, you know, while I know he's defeated, man, he's not given enough credit for how deceptive he is. He's wily, bro. The way he, um, he people um, can't be so casual about him and the tactics he uses. He will stop at nothing here. I don't know whether he influenced my daughter or it's just the innocence of a five-year-old who just sees things in the realm that yeah. we don't because we've been closed off to it. And she goes, I don't know. There, I see it too, Dad. It's just well, she. It sounds like discern the gift of discerning of spirits on her part. You know, she recognized what was going on mm -hmm. with them, even at five. So it's been all my life that, and I think, how much did Buddhism invite demonic forces into our right. life? You know, yeah. my. And we've had traumatic stuff. My brother Bobby was only 16 when he shot himself and, and oh, died in a, in, a, in a car in there in front of the high school. It's, our lives have been marked with a lot of destruction and yeah. addiction and trauma. So Buddhism, uh, it didn't work for us because we experienced <laughs> all kinds of hell. So, yeah. <clears throat> man. Well, and, the, and so then you, then you eventually find jesus and then you find the gospel mm -hmm. and uh here you are now a pastor i would i would bet that it's a because i have these thoughts you know it's like sometimes you're walk because you you know because it's not a title that i ever was interested in all yeah. I, you know all the way back from getting saved to being delivered <clears throat> to going to that first church that i was going to and watching pastor david michael preach and then just in my heart feeling like that's what i'm gonna do i just want to tell people about jesus you know i still feel that way I really do. Sometimes I'm like, oh gosh, I'm a, I'm a pastor. I wonder, and you, and you almost have to like locate that in your mind. You know what I mean? And and then you're like, well, I don't, you know, but I know, you know, what I'm talking about, we won't go too deep into that, but yeah, that's why I don't even let people, not that I don't let people, when, when you watch my messages, bro, listen, I don't go, hi, I'm, I'm the, I'm, I'm Rudy Tinoco. I'm the lead pastor of blah, blah, blah. I don't even, right. I just say, hi, it's, hi guys. Thank yeah, you for Rudy. me, Rudy or yeah. rude sometimes I, mean, I don't i don't like the title very much and of course i know we i'm not against it completely right i, I understand people want to and I, i'm actually yeah, and people it's a it's a, a, a sign of respect and honor that people yeah. will give towards you you know i have yeah. people that call me pastor and they're like some of my closest friends you know but that for them it's a it's a respect thing yeah there's no harm in it and i think maybe the maybe it's first of all is that i'm more of a teacher now than i am pastoring you know so that if you're coming okay. hey, hi teacher rudy which that sounds lame and then also <laughs> maybe the second part is that for the sake of not getting puffed up because i'm here yeah. i know me and you know we can be like those in that are describing the scriptures like oh you just love going to the marketplace so people be saying oh hey pastor 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 it's like no I, it's far better for me that you can casually say, "Oh, that's just rude," and you, yeah. you totally approach him. Uh, and it's—I don't like things that create distance. I don't call it the pulpit, uh, you know. So I'm, I'm I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a nonconformist in ways that are bad, and in some ways, I think that are good and that help remove some of those barriers between the people right. communicating with. The more you, it's like, "Hi, I'm lead pastor," and you know, "I'm hi, I'm speaking to you from the pulpit." 
I just, I'd much rather have this sense where people recognize, because it's true, that I'm just like you. I, you know, the same Holy Spirit that's in me is in you. Um, he doesn't play favorites. He loves you as much as he loves me. I don't have some special powers when I pray, uh, you know? So I'm trying as best as possible to remove barriers that have been put up between those who are the communicators, the pastors, um, that have kept people from feeling like they can actually live the, the Christian life. Well, you know, and there's some stuff about that we don't have to get into, but you know, Christ living his life through you is probably the better way of right. putting it. None of us can right. live the Christian life, but Christ of course, is yeah. You yield to let him live it through you. <laughs> right. So I know that it's true, but, but people, you know, they think, well, gosh, Pastor Rudy's his life must be perfect. They're like, no, that's why I always tell people how jacked up I am. That's why I'm willing to tell you in front of everybody who watch on Facebook. Yeah, there's been times when I'll have one more drink than I know I should. Yeah. Because I'm dumb and I'm human sometimes, a lot of the time, <laughs> right? So, right. and I have carnal moments too, and I gotta fight right. that, and then then that renew my mind to the truth. And say, rude, that's not who you are, you know. So, anyway, th this is awesome, bro. Can't we just do this every day? This, this like <laughs> this like therapy. <laughs> <laughs> right, I do. Anybody, I do. Is anybody even watching? I, I didn't look at the thing. There, there were, I think it was up like 10 people at one time. It's, I'm trying to, I'm still kind of learning this whole system here. Mm -hmm. I, so I've got everything muted on Facebook. There is a little bit of, de of a delay. <clears throat> one of the things that I had envisioned is um, making it a little bit interactive and chatting with people, but right, you know, this, right. this type of conversation doesn't really lend itself to that. Um, but, right. but also too, I'm going to leave it up and a lot of people are going to, going to, um, Know, watch it again and if it's cool with you and i i forgot to hit record on this but i can download i think from facebook and then if i can put it on uh youtube is that is that good with you oh absolutely the more yeah absolutely yep. it's good even for you know my i'll share it with my my church family just letting them see two pastors yeah. uh, you know similar heart similar understanding of God's grace and his kindness to us and also seeing how very human we are and right. that, uh, it gives them a little bit of a behind yeah. the scenes look at what's going on like that I don't know all the answers man I have more questions now than ever uh, <laughs> and it's good for us to admit that to, to people yeah so, oh man anyway this has been awesome Clinton again I want to just say again you have been such a huge influence on my life um, just in my understanding of God, that your messages of grace that God has spoken through you have brought great comfort to my heart. In moments where fear was trying to press in on me, your messages, your book ministered to my heart and still do. That's why you're still on repeat. That's why I really can't say enough that I, I believe that what you're doing at Forward Church, you personally through your writing, um, your ministry has is impact me significantly and i pray that god will continue to grow it it'll it'll continue and i know it will let's flourish and you'll get the building that you need and uh all of those things you're 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 really uh one of the good guys bro and i, I thank god that i get to count you as a friend i appreciate that man <clears throat> and it would be ditto back to you i appreciate it and i and i think I think whatever it is that the lord has for us to do together whether it be individually <clears throat> or ministry focused um yeah i almost kind of well, we've known each other for a while but never you know haven't really 
joined forces, let's say. And, and I don't even know what that looks like, but I, but I kind of feel that sense mm. rising up. There's a few people also, too, that I think I would want you to meet that that God seems to be kind of gathering here. And, um, you know, so it's like I've learned to recognize when God is moving in my life and make room for it and kind of host it and kind of nurture and put a little bit of water on that growth that's happening, you know, Mm -hmm. and rather than trying to ask him to do something. You know, rather than me coming up with an idea, and and I still do that sometimes. It's like, hey, God, it'd be a really good idea if you did this, you know. <laughs> and, and that's what most people's prayer is. But anyway, I see this as that. And so, if you have any insight into that or any comments, you know, toward that about what that looks like, you know, I don't know. I don't think we're starting a network or a conference or anything like that. But just. You know, maybe it's like you said, the intentionality of uh, just being real in, in front of people mm-hmm. and and nurturing the relationship along the way at the same time. I love it. I, I'm in. So, you, because you, what I want to do with these particular videos. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I just want you to know, well, whatever, so, I'm in. You just let me know uh, yeah. and, I'll <clears throat> that and ask God to give us some supernatural creativity on, on how to approach that. Amen. And so what I would say also to people that are watching, if you are connected with us, with Forward Church, Forward Ministries, or you listen to my Tools for Transformation or any of that type of thing, and you are an influencer, in other words, you either have a church or a ministry in some sort of way or a a life group, like a small group in your home, any type of way where you're actually actively in ministry and our resources uh, are in the mix there of what you use to influence your own heart that affects your ministry. That's kind of how I'm starting these conversations. And because you'd express that to me that our ministry has impacted you that way, Rudy, I, I wanted to go there, but also just in, enjoy hanging out. There's a few more people that I'm going to be having in. I'm going to really try to do this weekly um, and you know just kind of see where it goes. But I definitely want to do it with you. I mean, we'll stay in touch, of course, aside mm-hmm. from it. But, you know, get you back on here. Um, yeah, I don't know. We'll just go from there. I'll Have tune in here. each week to watch what you're doing. 